Welcome to The Blossom Experiment, a podcast in which we talk about authenticity, intuition, and intuitive living. My intention is to inspire and help you tap into your uniqueness so you can create a life that is meant for you and no one else. With your host, Camille Nettable. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Today, we are expanding on a topic that I love so much, and we are talking about self-love and self-trust with someone that is really special. We just met recently, but we just vibe really well together. So this has been such a fun episode to record. You will hear we are constantly laughing and just having a really good time talking about all of the this amazing and inspirational topics. On today's episode, we are talking to Lisa. Lisa is a self-love empowerment coach and her cosmic journey to self-love began actually in 2010 when she set the intention to not let her inner child wounds define her future, which is very smart and we talk about this during the episode. And through this deep inner work, she actually learned how to heal her core wounds, raise her self-worth and connect to her true self. As a result of this beautiful transformative work, Lisa is now on a mission to guide accomplished millennial women, cultivate self-love and connect to their inner truth so they have the courage to live align with their heart's true desires. On this episode, we are going to talk about Lisa's background. We're going to talk to this whole idea of how self-love and self-trust interplay in learning how to take your power back and connecting to your inner guidance, connecting to your purpose and your vocation in life, and also believing in yourself and in your purpose even when others don't. So if you are someone who's really needing some inspiration to connect yourself, to connect to self-love, and to finally start trusting yourself and trusting this inner guidance, this beautiful inner wisdom that you have, this episode will be perfect for you. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And let's just dive into the episode. Lisa, welcome. I'm so, so excited to have you here because we've been having so many interesting and beautiful conversations. And I feel like every time we talk, I could just press record, then we would have like amazing <laughs> topics. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I know even when we were in our previous call, it could have been a podcast in itself. Yeah. And even when we were talking, it's like, okay, no, let's just record. Let's just record. So much yeah. goodness. So I'm super excited to be here and be with you. I know. Thank you so much. So the first thing that I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about is just your background and how it informed the person that you are today, the unique person that you are today, the unique being. So of course, yeah, of course, I guess I can try and kind of narrow it down into how I got even into coaching. And yeah. it's so interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm from the Bay area. I'm from, you know, right now I live in San Francisco, but I just had this desire to not be where I was like most people would think, oh, you're crazy. What are you talking about? You don't want to be in the Bay Area where like everything of tech is happening. And it's just when you don't experience a life beyond where you are, you just kind of crave that naturally. And so I ended up going to school in San Diego. Um, and I obviously felt like I just did not fit in. It wasn't as diverse to me coming from a very diverse area with all different cultures. It was really hard for me to go to a place that was very homogenous. 
And I felt really kind of just outside of the box. It was the first time I actually felt like I was a minority. So I felt really uncomfortable Mm. trying to fit in. And it's kind of like, it's actually tying into your podcast of learning to, to listen to your inner truth and be who you are. But I was just so scared of sticking out. And Mm. so I remember that's when I first really got into clothes, right? Clothes as another way of a mask to fit in and like wear Abercrombie or like these, you know, these (laughs) beach brands, these beach brands, because I'd never been exposed to like people in in Southern California. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be this beach girl persona. And okay, so like, you weren't really wearing clothes, like because when you said like that's <laughs> that's when I got into clothes, I thought you were like really getting into oh. fashion, like to create this new like self-expression. But no, you oh, were no, wearing girl. it to really like be in the mode, like yeah. be the ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to, this face. I wanted to be like other people. I had like the denim mm, cut off okay. skirts, like. I wanted to just look like a beach Barbie, you know, cause everyone was, <laughs> and all, all the men found that attractive. So I was like, okay, I have to be that too. And it's funny because I was just surrounded by so many blonde people. And that kind of stuck with me subconsciously of like wanting to be blonde. And so naturally what happened was I ended up going to New York for a trip for, you know, university And we were doing this competition of helping small businesses and consulting. And I had never had a desire to move to New York. But once I was there, it immediately felt like home because there was just so much like multifaceted interests, different people, so diverse. You could express who you were. I didn't find too many of like the surfer Barbies. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to live here. And so I ended up just living there for about, you know, three years. And then, um, but what I found during that time was because I was trying to like what you talk about outsource my authority of looking at other people to define me of whether I fit in, I just didn't have a sense of self. And so I ended up looking Mm. for that sense of self in other people, in relationships, in jobs, in my accomplishments. And so I ended up in a toxic relationship because I thought, well, if he is choosing me, then maybe I should choose him. Like I, Mm. people talk, I I even talk about it now of having the ideal list of who you want to be with. Girl, I did not have that. It was like, the only Mm -hmm. thing was, okay, if you like me, okay, you can be my I like you back. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I know so many people who, who, who are down that road. And I think it's really interesting the, what you're saying, because I think it ties so much with the concept of self-love, right? You really, um, first choosing yourself before being chosen by someone else. Yes. And I just was not even in that headspace. I didn't even understand that. And so I ended up getting this really toxic relationship. And after it had ended, like, thankfully I was only in it for three months, but all of a sudden I had to really ask myself, how did I even get here? And that was like, my spiritual awakening of truly understanding what was what were my spiritual wounds that caused me to get into this experience in place. And so that's what prompted my whole journey of working with different coaches, going with different spiritual teachers, mentors, exploring who I was, working with many different therapists and like different 
you know, modalities. And that just kind of just really opened my eyes to what it means to be on this self-love journey instead of outsourcing, not only my authority, but outsourcing my love and validation Mm -hmm. for me. And the thing that has been so pivotal is that I ended up moving back to the Bay area. Um, Yeah. So I was like in New York collectively for a decade. I don't want to go back to like other places that I moved, but other places, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was there, ended up being there for a decade. And then I came back to the Bay Area and about five years ago for business school because I thought business school was the thing that I should do next. Mm. It didn't matter, you know, what I wanted to do in life. It was like, okay, I'm I'm reaching a cap of my salary. What do I need to do? I think I need to go to school because that's what people do and get it like a Whoa. master's. And then yeah. I'm just gonna do that. So it wasn't like, what do you what are you passionate about? It was I need to make more money. And so that brought me to the Bay Area and I was living with my parents because I didn't want to take out any student loans. And while I was there, I realized I was getting re-triggered. And that's when I really dove into working with a, a, a coach and a mentor and a guide of like, what does inner child work look like? And that has been so mm. transformational. And so, you know, through that, I decided to get into coaching myself, getting certified. And so it's kind of like, all of these experiences, not knowing at the time, experiencing myself that has actually paved the way for my, for my opportunity to understand what it is to be a coach and then just pay it forward. So that's, that's like the long winded Mm -hmm. story of where I'm at. And I feel like we could go in so many directions with it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, but really one thing that you said that really um, stuck with me was that when you left your toxic relationship, you didn't look at it and said like this person was a shit person he's a toxic person um you said okay why did i bring this onto myself like what is my responsibility in a personal development and in a spiritual or whatever like soulful way what is my responsibility in this and i'm not saying that like let's do a disclaimer it's not that you're attracting abuse or you're manifesting abuse or anything like that. Like things happen in life that we don't have control over. But Mm -hmm. I think that the more we look at our situation in a way of bringing back that control to, and it's not even control. It's like we say control, but I think it's more the energetic of bringing the power back to yourself and saying like, okay, if I created this reality that was toxic, how can I create a reality that is non-toxic or if mm-hmm. I can create a reality that is abundant, why did I create the reality that is non-abundant? Why it what in me is still informing and projecting this out outside of myself? And I think that is yeah. such a pivotal um mindset to have because this allows you to make changes, right? To like really be aware and then change what um you are doing in your life. So my question yeah. is for you is what do you feel like at that moment you still had as like programming or beliefs or as a mindset besides uh, as well what you said about the thing of like not choosing yourself and things like that but what were what do you think were the main elements that allowed you to maybe create that um allow that relationship to to happen or maybe other situations in your life as well yeah yeah and i want to go back to what you said about and i i like to call it radical responsibility and relationships mm. right because it takes two people two people to create the dynamic. If one person doesn't want to participate in that dynamic, it cannot work. And so 
like you said, there's something about being responsible and taking ownership and accountability that allows you to be empowered in a way. And so, um, but the things that I thought that really allowed me to get into that was, you know, obviously like family programming, conditioning, that's something that I like to dive into with people when I coach them is really understanding what were some of the dynamics that you grew up in that allowed you to think that maybe that would be okay. And so we Mm. often look at like the mother wounds or the father wounds, right? So if there was maybe someone not emotionally available and so looking to that and other people, because you think that that is the way it should be, it was normalized in the family. And so I've learned to look at it from that lens of going back, like traveling back in time, right? Time traveling, Mm -hmm. you know, and really understanding that and just having that whole process with inner child healing of, you know, looking for my father in different places, right? And then learning to accept people, all parts of people um, that as a child, you, you kind of have like a binary brain of what your parents are supposed to be like, but you don't know or have the cognitive capacity to see beyond what they can give you. But as an adult, when you start to experience certain situations, you realize that it's very complicated and nuanced. And so it's just like, I feel like it's an ever evolving journey of learning to heal from that, learning to heal from yourself. And the more you heal yourself, then you learn to accept other people, especially your parents, when you realize, oh my gosh, they're not perfect. And like, you know, I'm not a parent yet. I haven't been initiated into that rite of passage, but I mean, I see other people do it and it's, it's hard as fuck, right? Like, so, (laughs) like, I I can only imagine. And so, learning to drop the perfection, I guess has helped me the most, but I think it's learning to, to deal with all like the father wounds and and that and how it shows up in relationships. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that even as an adult, it's already really challenging to accept yourself and then mm-hmm. accept your partner in all of their totality and then yes. accept your friends, accept, you know, just have this level of acceptance because of course there are things that are boundaries you know you have your own boundaries and they these people are crossing those boundaries and there are things that are quote unquote unacceptable but i think that there is a very big difference and it's something that i've been uh, thinking about a lot recently because i think especially like in partnership or with your family or things like that like in relationships in general i think that there is a level of what is my trigger? So what is this person triggering and showcasing to me versus what is someone really crossing a boundary out of myself? Because sometimes it is someone doing something that it's quote unquote unacceptable and other because it's authentic to your soul. And I think that that's how I'm kind of like wrapping my head around it. It's like, is this authentic to my soul? It's this from my, my authentic self is me. Um, like it's this person like really crossing this boundary that is authentic to me or is this person just mirroring something to me that I have to work on and I am instead of looking at this trigger I'm treating this Mm -hmm. as a boundary because I don't want to look at this like does that make sense (laughs) no 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 no. so how yeah so how do you decipher that whether it's like because it's kind of like it's either your own stuff or it's their stuff right how do you decipher that yeah 
Yeah. Uh, if that's a question for me, I, I have the answer. Because <laughs> it's literally something that I've been thinking about um, a lot recently. So, for example, I am really bad at... Not bad. I don't want to say like say it like this, but I'm not uh, the person that like texts my friend every day. You know, so I had like mm-hmm. this this situation happen with me recently. So um, a friend of mine, there was something that happened. Like there wasn't a world event. I'm gonna try to keep this very broad, so you know, yeah. we don't touch like anything specific. But uh-huh. there was like a world event thing that happened. And it affected the country that she was from. Mm. And um, she was really like um, sharing things about it on Instagram and Mm -hmm. things like that. Throughout the period like of one week while that was happening, I was having my own things to deal with. You know, like my own career stuff, relationship stuff, a lot of things going on in my um, life that have there are like being mixed, you know, and everything like that. Um, however, I kept her in mind. Like I knew that maybe it was like something that was important to her. So when I had my time, when I was feeling like I could then like get out of my hermit mode and could take care of someone else, I messaged this person like, right. hey, how are you? Hope you're doing well. Like just know that I'm thinking about you, thinking about this that happened, blah, blah, blah. She that de- like she then three days later she messaged me saying that she got really upset that I didn't check in with her earlier, that she didn't expect this from me, that she expected me to be a better friend and blah blah blah. And when I received that message, I was really hurt because I didn't know if I was the one that was wrong, quote unquote, by not reaching out to her earlier, or if she was the one that was triggered because I didn't reach out to her earlier. So I think that, and then we Mm. started like talking about how I had to keep my boundaries because I wasn't ready to reach out to her. But at the same time, she wanted someone as a friend that was like this, you know, like an ex person that is like um, the mode of a perfect friend. And I couldn't fit into that mode. So I think that the question is then, is this a boundary that I have of my friends have to be like this and they have to look like this? Or am oh. I being triggered by my own stuff of not feeling heard, not feeling seen, not right. feeling appreciated by my own friends? And is this a problem with my friends or is this something that I have to look inside of myself because this is a trigger instead of like an authentic boundary, if that makes sense. And I don't think yeah. it has to be one thing or the other, but I think that there's a lot of this that happens in our daily lives that we don't really realize that we are Mm -hmm. being triggered and this is a mirror to us instead of like, this is a shitty person. They are stepping on a boundary. I'm going to like shut them out of my life. You know? Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I, I always say that relationships are just mirrors for you to understand your relationship to self. That's it. You know, obviously there's some, and then it's like that quote, like if, if you're hysterical, it's historical. So what in the past happened, that's triggering you that you're projecting onto the person. Right. So I'd be curious about your friend of like, well, when did she first feel someone not being there for her? Because you have to put the mask on for yourself before you can be there for anybody else. You were dealing with your own personal stuff. And when you were ready to energetically ready to, to be receptive, to hear her and take on what she was going through, then that you could be a good friend and show up hundred percent, which you had rather have you shown up 20%. No. Cause then that would be a whole other thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like learning 
to understand and meet people where they are, but knowing that there's something below the surface. It's not just like the ice cap. There's like a glacier under there. So we need to look like what's going on. And so like for people that are just listening, like encouraging that when you are dealing with triggers, like just notice that where did you feel that feeling or emotion first of all, when you were very young and what is that memory being projected onto this person? Like, why are you genuinely triggered and like find the roots of that? Because like you said, you can't just cut everyone out who triggers you. And I've been around people like that. People have cut me out because maybe I like <laughs> pissed them off or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, girl, you're just going to be sitting alone with being a hermit and yeah. not have any friends. But it's like, in order to be spiritual, it's not like not being triggered. It's learning to understand your triggers in order to find intimacy with oneself. That's to me what spirituality is. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I feel like I was talking yesterday with a friend and we were talking about how in when you start, like the more you learn about spirituality and personal development and personal growth, and the more you read and blah, 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 whatever, yeah. shadow work, inner child, <laughs> it feels like it's, you start deconditioning a lot of the mind, but you start reconditioning a lot in the, so, like in the spiritual world. So it's yes. like the deconditioning is, um, I don't know, like yesterday I wrote this, like the deconditioning would be realizing that, you know, if you have these thoughts and this mindset about lack, that you will create more lack. So you read this somewhere and then the new, like, so you decondition yourself from this like extreme complaint and, you know, of trying not to be in this quote unquote, like bad vibration or whatever, like scarcity yeah. vibration, lack mentality, blah, blah, blah. However, what you are no then like, what the mind does is that it goes from one extreme down <laughs> to the other so the reconditioning of this is like if i have a bad um thought i am a bad person i am a bad spiritual mm. person if i have a lack thought i am bad you know and then it starts beating yourself up if you ever think like oh my god this coffee is too expensive or something no my god oh my god i can't feel this oh my god no it's too bad <laughs> of an emotion oh my god or am i you know like so it starts so you create a new conditioning for yourself and i feel like yeah. this thing with like setting boundaries and like quote-unquote not settling and things like that i think that this starts creating a, a new level for you that instead of being like okay um what is this person doing that i feel that it's hurting me a lot where is this in my mm -hmm. body like you're just explaining mm -hmm. it instead of being like this person is stepping on my boundaries and I'm not settling for this. So goodbye. And then you do that 1000 times and then you find yourself. That's, that was the situation of my friend. She was like setting boundaries all the time, saying no to people who hurt me, who don't respect me, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually she found herself throughout one entire year that she was alone and she right. felt, and now she was like, what, what the fuck was I doing? I was just like reading <laughs> on the spiritual things about like setting boundaries. And then I ended up, building like a hermit life for myself that I wasn't even happy on just because I was thinking everyone is stepping on my boundaries. I'm just going to set a lot of boundaries and now I'm not happy, you know? Right. Right. Because sometimes people can mistake boundaries as building walls. Totally. Right. Totally. And then essentially it's just learning to know what's okay with you and telling someone and seeing if they'll be able to meet you. No one, I think that's the false expectation that we have is that people should already know what we want. 
Mm. I think there needs to be a conversation about setting it and then saying, can you giving the person opportunity to meet you there? Right. It's like having someone apply for a job, not telling them the job description and then just being like, oh, you failed. You sucked at it. Sorry, we're firing you. But it's like, you didn't tell me the (laughs) job description. So like, how am I supposed to know what I'm being measured against? And so it's just, but I want to talk back to what you were talking about the, like the spirituality and the conditioning, because Mm -hmm. it's like, that could be another thing to take on as a whole persona of like doing it right or not right. And I will admit myself when I first got onto the spiritual journey, my mom said I was so strict, like literally I was, I was like your friend. I was like, Hey, if you're not going to treat me this way, sorry. You know, and she's mm-hmm. she was like she was scared of me. She's like, okay, Lisa, no too many boundaries. <laughs> she hates that word. Yeah. She hates that word because I introduced yeah. that to her and my dad. She's like, what is like you have a stick up your butt? You know, I was like this iron mm-hmm. ironclad boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I've learned like over time to soften, not to have like you know, not to feel weak, but just yeah. to be flexible with people. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think that the spirituality happens in the neutrality, like in the soften, because when you are extremely triggered, you still have a lot of things to unblock, a lot of Mm -hmm. emotions to comprehend. And when you really work on those things, you reach a place of neutrality and then you're able to create balance in your life. Mm. So like, I completely understand you because I've been there and I've talked, uh, I've told this story before on the podcast that what, like in the, my like really spiritual phase, you know, like spiritual yeah. ego, like, oh my God, I'm so much better than you. Cause I have 1000 crystals and you only have 99, you know, like this really, <laughs> I've been that person. I've been there. I remember that my mom one day she was cooking as a risotto and I was doing my Reiki training. And yeah. in theory, like when you are in your 21 days post Reiki training, you can't drink alcohol, eat meat, blah, 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 because you have to keep your channel open, whatever. So I was like, people, I can't drink alcohol. And then my mom was doing a risotto. In a risotto, you like there's white wine, you know, that goes and evaporates. So it's not like the alcohol is going into your system then I saw like my mom like super cute you know preparing us dinner and things like that I was like is that is that is that wine she was like yeah it's (sighs) just for the recipe it's going to evaporate mom I told you I can't drink wine like but Camille it's going to evaporate it's the recipe oh my god you guys don't respect me you don't understand me I'm in a Reiki training I have to keep my channel open you know like all of these things and in the and like me thinking that I was super right while I was like having this massive um, dramatic response to that. And in the end, like in the depths, like you said, like the glacier, like the bottom of the glacier was, I didn't feel respected by my family. Like I didn't Mm. feel heard or seen. And I felt like this part, this new part of me, my spiritual part wasn't being accepted. So that's why I got so angry about it. It wasn't about the wine. But at that (laughs) time, I was so like stuck in this spiritual persona that I couldn't see it. And I think that the mind plays with that a lot. It's like either you're like, it builds just, it's just builds this like new ego, like this spiritual ego that you just think that you are better than everyone else because you're awakened. I love that you're talking about this because I used to talk about this a lot before of like spiritual ego, but also spiritual vanity. Right. Mm, Taking oh, on. Wow. That's the first time I heard that. I love it. Right. It's like 
a whole other persona. Like I talked about it when I was in San Diego of like putting on different clothes. It's like, what would a Mm. spiritual person do? Right. How would a spiritual person act and doing it to seem as if I was spiritual and noticing like, am I actually doing it because it resonates with me or because it resonates with a persona that I want to put out in the world of this false self of like being spiritual or woke? (laughs) Yeah, I love what you just said, because I think it goes back to this idea of we are constantly like the mind is so interesting and we're so afraid of the unknown that either we're outsourcing our life to like Mm -hmm. this like um, external validation of get a job, get a house, like the society, quote unquote, like normalized way of doing things. However, there's the other flip side to it. It's like outsourcing your the way you live to like the spiritual way of doing it or like the personal growth mindset way of doing it. So it's like, oh, okay, so Tony Robbins does this morning routine, so I have to do it like, like him. Or like I was listening to a podcast recently, they were talking about sobriety or not drinking. It's like mm. either you're like drinking a lot with like society from whatever, Monday to Monday, or you have to put yourself in this box of like being sober. And the 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 idea that like what I want to help people with, and I believe that you are the same, it's like, it's not about drinking or not drinking. It's not about fitting a one specific box. It's mm-hmm. about you checking in with yourself and seeing in this moment right now, at this time, in this present second, do I want to drink? No. In the next mm-hmm. second, I do. How how much? I don't like this is what feels aligned for me now. And it's about checking in with your inter- internal self, with your inner guidance, with your inner wisdom every single second to see what's aligned for you in that moment that might be not what's aligned for freaking Osho. You know, but it doesn't mean yes. that you're wrong or that you're <laughs> less because of that and i think we constantly Mm -hmm. forget that we constantly forget that we know best for us even Mm -hmm. spiritually totally totally and it was so funny because it reminds me of so i'm doing tapping so i'm going to get certified in eft tapping so i'm doing that right now and i was working with someone and i i just went rogue on her she was supposed to to facilitate me and tell me what to say. And oh my gosh, I I was probably a a challenging client and I just went totally rogue on her. And I literally just started closing my eyes and just tapping on myself, giving myself the script and everything. And I just kept repeating, I am my own best healer. I am my own best healer. And I think that's something that we forget because there are so many gurus, so many teachers, but we are not the guru. Who are we to control another spiritual being? Like we don't have dominance over other people. It's just showing people a path that we walked that might help them. And so always turning it back to them of like, what do you feel? What do you want? Because like you said, outsourcing that for many, many years since you were born, even when you were born with your caretakers, right? They knew better. So you listened to them. Um, and then me being Filipino and Asian culture, we have to be very deferential to elders because they know better. We have to respect them. It's just, we weren't given, I don't know. It was just always hierarchical. And so it's like, when you don't use that muscle of sovereignty, it gets atrophied. And so how do you, at a certain point in time, I see this happen a lot of people going, well, what the fuck am I doing? Who am I? Why am I doing this job? Da, da, da. And it's like a quarter life crisis before the midlife crisis. And 
you know, it's like, how do you help people like what you do tune into what feels right for them when they become so disassociated, not only from their body and the somatics of that, but also their heart. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's so important, like the work that we do, because it helps people get back into their internal alignment. Like, I think of it as like spiritual chiropractic work in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why and why do you think that happens that so many people are really early on having this midlife or quarter life um, mm-hmm. crisis? Yeah, I think it's kind of like people are just starting to question earlier, which is great, but then wondering, is this the life for me? Do I want to do that? And especially in America, it's just you're given these things and you know, the cultural experiences, my parents were immigrants. And so they wanted security. So security for them, it's, you know, buying a home, making sure you have a good job and all of that stuff. And then passing that type of conditioning onto their own children and programming of this is what you should want. And so it's like, I want my parents to love me and accept me and not like feed me to the wolves, like back (laughs) in tribal time. So I'm going to do what they say, you know, I don't want to disappoint them. And so it's like, you follow this path, then you start to realize, uh, no, I don't want to do that. Like just how I had my own like different awakening of, okay, after, I mean, I think that point kind of hit when everyone went through COVID, there wasn't any distractions anymore. And so you had people calling up therapists. Now you can't even get a therapist anymore about like, what am mm-hmm. I doing in my life? I don't even like my partner who I thought I liked because now I'm with them 24 seven. And it turns out we're just not aligned anymore or I don't even want this job anymore. And so you just really start to question when you allow yourself that space and time. But often we have just so many distractions that we don't get to tune into our hearts. We don't get to listen to our intuition or even know what our intuition sounds like. And so I honestly think it is an epidemic of like people doing things that other people want them to do rather than aligning to their soul. And you and I talked it before, and I would love for you to share it about what is the purpose in life, right? We talked yeah. about that and you said it so beautifully. Um, and so I, I feel like really, a lot of people, yeah. No, yeah, I go really ahead. don't remember what I said. So you don't <laughs> no, I've had so many um, represent, like I've heard my soul explained it in so many ways. <laughs> it was, that- remember you were talking to your boyfriend. Oh he, yes, okay. The, yes, okay, okay, yes, okay. That yeah. one, that one. It was so good. I was like, girl. <laughs> oh, true, true. Oh, it's true. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, because because I think that that's the purpose, like in a bigger, yes, um, way, you know. But I know that you and I we talked about like vocation and purpose before yes. as well. And yes. I think that you also have this vision that is really interesting of how this aligns to like self-love, your authentic self, and then really asking you yourself these questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that you also have an experience with that in regards to like the whole corporate America world. And yeah. that I think would be really interesting to share. Yeah. About. Yeah. I mean, for me, I found myself on this corporate track, right? Got my MBA, did all of those things just because I wanted to make more money. I thought, okay, consultants make more money. Okay. Marketing people and, you know, big brands, they make a lot of money and they're, they're in charge of like the profit and loss statement. Okay. I'm going to do that too. And then all of a sudden I ended up getting into this tech job and, you know, I liked it. It wasn't what I 
thought it was going to be doing, but I just wanted it to help me pay the bills while I was going to school part-time. And I ended up really liking it and realized, okay, I actually don't have to switch. But what I did was I ended up being a ghostwriter for different leaders and working on employee engagement. And that was fun for a while, but then it got to a point where I wanted to not write for another person in their own voice. I wanted to write in my own voice. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be the person behind the person. And so it kind of fed into my, like subconsciously, my fear of being seen, right? Like almost making a leader my puppet, but I'm giving them all the words to say, but I don't want to be the leader. And during COVID, it really helped me realize when all of the fancy things were taken away from going into the office, not getting distracted, is this something that I want to do long-term? And the desire to want to coach and help people in a deeper way to do development in a different way was just calling me more and more. And that's when I ended up getting certified because one of my colleagues, we had similar interests and I wanted to know like, well, what is that? Like, I don't think people can make money off as like, that was my own belief. Like, just don't do something that's fun for you because you can't make money off of your passions. Like that was my programming, (laughs) right? You just have to work hard and then you retire and that's when you can enjoy life. And I just didn't want to subscribe to that narrative. I didn't want to. And so what ended up happening was diving into it more and more, getting more serious about it, and then seeing more that the more I dove into it, the more that I was passionate about it and realized how passionate I was because my human design is, is a generator. I'm a five, one generator mm. and oh my goodness, like I can do research and I love it specifically about anything that I'm like so excited about, but I noticed the difference of what was internally lighting me up of coaching and talking about self-love, talking about inner child work, talking about personal development in that realm was so much more exciting to me than the other work that I was doing. And it almost became more of an obligation. And I noticed how my energy felt different. And so I started to lean into it, but it was hard because I had to work on my money wounds of what was, you know, what I had of like not being able to believe in this craft that I could be successful, fear of being seen, fear of like not anyone thinking that they would want to buy from my offers. And like, who am I to think that I can offer something to someone? So it's like all of these things that I had to learn in this whole business realm, which I was able to do in relationships. I was like, okay, I got that down. Now I'm like, oh God, here's like another thing that I have to work on. It's like another level, another double. <laughs> Endless. Yeah. And then, you know, learning to, I mean, I bought so many programs, right? On how to be successful in coaching. This is the yeah. right way. This is how you're going to make, you know, like, 10k months and all of that stuff and then the learning from outsourcing all exactly learning to listen yeah. to myself of like what it is that I actually want and how do I want to do my business so yeah, yeah. totally get you been there as well so much money mm-hmm. spent when I could have just tried to put all of that energy into learning how to listen to myself mm-hmm. so I could make inner inner um inner guidance decisions with like business decisions you know which mm-hmm. i think it's um, a challenge in its own because i think especially with business and with money like when it comes to these two things um the human mind believes that it's a scarce 
um, yeah. element, right? That it's like, it's not, there's not enough to go around because that's a deep, deep, deep belief that we grow up with. And mm-hmm. it's, I think like one of the biggest, no one thinks like there's not enough, lo- like, okay, maybe some people do think there's not enough love to go around, but because money, it's like tied into, like tied to this physical aspect of it. And it's so like important, everything <laughs> <laughs> or not, they are important. It's important for our survival i think there's this um, other level of fear that goes into it so whenever it comes the topic of money or business which generates money mm-hmm. it's so challenging for us to trust ourselves and it's so much easier to trust someone else that has done it and has had results so it's like if this person did it this way then of course i will be able to just follow the same path and have the same result or similar results and after you see the test testimonials are like oh, okay i can be that person you know and yeah sometimes they really do work for you and you could totally be that person and make like the whatever 10k month or whatever but the point i think ultimately is that is that sustainable for you how do you adapt that to your own unique way of doing things and i think that that's mm-hmm. how where we really get lost or like we read a book and then the guy talks about like how to build a habit, you know, and then you try <laughs> to stick it to that own like unique way of like building a habit instead of saying like, okay, this is really good. And how can I adapt this into myself? Like really putting the information inside of your body and digesting it and making it your own. And yeah. I think that with business advice, like so there's so many things that we forget to do that. And um, yeah, and then like we just, put a lot of money in it and we feel really not aligned with what we're seeing because of course it wasn't made for us it was made from a person that really doesn't know us they know what worked for them and they are putting that out and that's beautiful I'm not saying there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with that that's beautiful because they're sharing their gift and their wisdom however Mm -hmm. we forget to digest it and filter it through ourselves and make it our own instead of just copy paste blueprint follow it you know right because it's almost like it's like kind of going back to what we were talking about in the very very beginning of like how i got into that toxic relationship and what i see also of like people choosing you want the person to choose you versus like you choosing them and then it's also like back to your point of outsourcing your business authority and so believing that someone is going to like their program is going to save you, but not checking in with yourself of how does it make you feel? And so I see that happen a lot, even in relationships when people are romantically dating, it's like not checking in with yourself as a relationship progresses. Right. And that's just so important to just check in with your body of where am I feeling this energy? Does it feel aligned with me? And like, I really rely on the 12 human design. And so with my sacral, you know, asking mm. myself those yes or no questions and feeling it in my gut is my gut. Does it feel levity in it? Is it happy or does it feel like a dense ball? Like, do I really want to do this? And the times where I've regretted decisions are oftentimes when I already knew intuitively that it wasn't right for me. And it's like, how do we honor that? And then again, it dives into, okay, you were compromising yourself. You were not listening to yourself. And so it's so important to connect to who you are because when you give it away, you give away your power so much. And then it's just like more work you have to do to compensate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And how do you think that self-love interplays in this? And why did you choose to focus on that in the first place? 
It's because it's what I needed, right? Like Mm -hmm. I had such a lack of self-love. And then once I was able to be on that journey and I understood the transformation from doing inner child work and what does that look like in relationships, not only just romance, but like with my parents, with my family, with my friends, even at work, what does that look like? Um, that's when I really knew, oh, okay. Like how important this is because oftentimes self-trust, self-love, it's just all intertwined, like self-care, right? And your relationship to other people, how we were talking about before that they are mirrors, just your, your relationship to yourself. And so if you can't accept yourself an all totality holistically, the duality of everything, then how can you expect another to love you? That's outsourcing your love again, right? And then trusting someone else that knows better than you. And so it's really important to kind of have that foundation because that truly sets you up for knowing who you are. Because in this life, like you enter this life alone. You leave this life alone. And that is the most important relationship that you have. Because if if you choose to have children, if you choose to have family, you're teaching them the things that you know. And so that's why I think it's so important to kind of get this right. Hopefully before you have children, if not, you can still do it while you have children. You know, it doesn't mean it's too late at all. It's like not that, but you know, how are you bringing your own gifts into the world with your experiences and your lessons? So that's why to me, it's just self-love is everything. Sometimes you might think it's about, you know, different relationships or the things that you want in life, but ultimately it's just a reflection of what's going on with you inside and how connected you are to your heart. Yeah. I love this so much. And there's something that you said that I had never really thought about it in this way, which is the connection between self-love and self-trust and how Mm self-trust is so connected to not outsourcing your decisions. And I think it's so beautiful how... You know, there like there's this the way that I see it, it's like there's this one big energetic concept, like this big energy, and mm-hmm. each one has this own it's painting, each one is painting its own color of it in the mm-hmm. physical reality to make people understand something, you know? So like mm-hmm. for you, you use it like it's the same bubble of energy of what I call flowing inwards to mm-hmm. live from this place of soul. And you call it like self-love and love your learn how to love yourself so you can finally trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And then from this space, you will decide for yourself because you are trusting yourself because you love yourself. You can then decide Who's the better person for me? Who's the best business mentor for me? Um, How to use this blueprint of whatever this book that I'm reading is because I love myself. I trust myself and I'll be able to make these decisions. Yes. Yes. And that's the hard part, right? If we're taught to not do that, like if you even go back to religions, Mm -hmm. right? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, are we going to go there? (laughs) Yeah. And I literally like <laughs> looked up. I saw like um, a person that looks like Jesus here. So. <laughs> but you know, like Mary Magdalene and Jesus, how initially they were just 
your healer is inside you. Mm. God is inside you. You know, mm. religions don't like that because it means there's a power imbalance. And if we let people yeah. believe that they don't have to do what we say, yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. And so it's like, you know, we can get into whole a whole different topic with that, but that's why it's just so important because only you know how you feel in your body. Only you can express what's in your heart and have the courage to, to live a life like that in your truth. That's why for me, I'm so passionate about helping people just heal those wounds and unlearn and decondition from their false selves that they thought, you know, from the things that they wanted society told them and just learning to establish and connect to their inner truth, whatever that means to them, because no one here should tell you how you should live your life. Like if you want to do whatever, like if you want to live on a mountain, go live on a mountain. If people have like judgments about them, like about that, like it, you're not living for them. And how often do we yeah. give away our life and our power to other people and how little we actually take it back in. And that's like disempowerment, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. Like go live in a mountain because it's something that you want. Even if like someone is judging you, but don't go live in a mountain because I don't know, like Michael Singer from the Surrender Experiment, experiment went to live in a mountain. And now you feel like for you to reach enlightenment, you have to live in a mountain, you know, like <laughs> go do it because, uh, because it's unique to you. And I think that the reason why it's so, that's my opinion. I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah. I think the reason why it's so hard for us to listen to ourselves was like, first, for sure, like we weren't trained, like the way that society is set up is like, I know better, you sit down and listen, not like, mm -hmm. okay, I have something to teach you and to guide you but how do you feel and how do you feel about this what is your like a child like what do you want to play you know it's like you have to play with this like no you know yeah and really like having this dynamic so i think that that is for sure plays a role in it but i also have this um energetical feeling i don't know how to put it else uh -huh. than this um that because of the high level of unknownness that exists when mm. you trust yourself and the fact that you can't really put the responsibility on other, <laughs> on other people. Like you can say like, this program didn't work for me. The guy is shit. The guy who created <laughs> the program is shit. It's like, okay, I created my own program. It didn't work. So I guess I have to look inside of myself to understand why it didn't work. And also when you see someone doing something that worked for them, you're like, okay, like this is not unknown. Although it is for right. the mind, you, we still think that is really known. And I think that the fear of the unknown, the fear of the void, the fear of the complete mm. like darkness of not knowing where you're going. I think this is so scary for the mind that instead of going inwards to create our little flash bulb and then like, signal it in the floor mm -hmm. and then like take each step as we go without really knowing and just surrendering and you know accepting the unknown i think that the fear of this is so big 
that we are like, fuck the light bulb. You know, I just want full on <laughs> lights on. I want to see everything that's going on. And even if it's not true, because it is not true, you know, even if you do go to corporate America and follow, I don't know, like Elon Musk's yeah. print in life, you'll still not end up in the same place because you're not him. Like the soul won't duplicate itself, you know? So it's still unknown, but it's maybe less unknown. And I yes. think that because of this element, um, it's so challenge, challenging to build this self-trust and to build this connection to our inner world. But mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know, what What do you... Yeah, think? I. you spoke about so many different gems. Like the one that really, really sticks out and speaks to me is this idea that... Like I talked about radical responsibility before. And it's almost like people won't change because of the responsibility it requires to change. Mm -hmm. And that when they do, they only have themselves to quote unquote blame. And so it's like, let's just rather be in victim mode and blame other people for not helping us get what we want rather than saying, what was my part in it? And so oftentimes people won't change because they would rather just kind of stay in the misery. It's hard. It's what they know rather than actually stay in the void of the unknown, of that dark space, of that liminal space, even though they know it makes them feel like shit. And so people only change when it gets to a point of when the unknown is a better option than living in that misery. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so that's why it's just, it's like there's a complexity of the mind and the ego protecting you, that makes you not want to change, that makes you think that, okay, um, if that person did it, then I can walk in their shoes. I need a map. And, you know, perfectionism plays in, failure plays in, all of that stuff. And I can only speak to my own experience of like getting into coaching of how kind of scary it was to make a difficult decision of, do I want to do this full-time? I'm scared to do it full-time. I haven't done it before. I'm the only one that's going to be responsible for me. I have to feed myself now in a way. I'm not going to collect a paycheck from like someone else and kind of just like sit back and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And do I want to do that? And, um, you know, it was scary. It was scary, but then realizing, getting to a point of, of truly believing how it was so aligned for me. It was like a full body, like, fuck yes. Then I was able to make that leap and go, yes, this is for me. And I want to do it. And I want to see it. And I trust myself to know that whatever happens, I will be okay. But it takes a while to get there. It totally, totally does. Yeah. That's beautiful. What you said about the moment you felt it in your body, like the moment you somatically felt the a lot like the level of alignment this was what supported you in trust i'm sure all of the other inner work you did also mm -hmm. supported you in that but i think that that's a really interesting aspect to ground ourselves in because there is in some level a response that comes from the inside from your body from your soul or whatever mm -hmm. that shows you that you are being supported and that yeah. shows you that like the little tingles that you feel in your body or whatever way you like connect yeah. to it, you know it is a symbol of that right and for me the way that i connect to my intuition of knowing what's right for me and connecting to my own blueprint is i 
I like communicate. So I meditate. I, you know, I, I hear my voice afterwards of what it is that I truly want to do. I ask for signs. I do tarot. I, I pull cards, like Oracle cards. Cause for me, that is really when I look at the imagery, a window into my subconscious soul. I interpret my own dreams. And like many people can be like, okay, that's just a bunch of woo-woo shit. <laughs> but again, <laughs> it's like, what works for you? What works for me might not work for you. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you can hate on me and be like, what the hell is this girl talking about? But it's like, you know, don't, I've heard this saying, don't yuck my yum. And so, <laughs> and I so <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it's not funny. And so like, what are the things that make me feel good that help me connect to my divinity, you know? And so really being on this path of searching, what is it for you? And so I just remember wondering, okay, should I quit? Should I not? And this was literally like a couple of weeks ago. Like this is real time girl. And I've always wanted to do this full time, but I was so scared. I had those fears. Like I was talking about those money wound fears. And then I just remember asking the universe, like, you know, please help me find clarity around this and asking for help. And I remember I went to this beautiful retreat. It was, um, centered around sensual awakening and just tapping into your sensuality. And the two women that were hosting the retreat, there were two first generation Asian women, Joe Portia and Anne Nguyen. And the minute I walked in, I was like, holy shit. Like seeing two women that were doing it full time that were just like me, that looked like me. And being around women and feeling so empowered because majority of them were entrepreneurs and they were telling me, they're like, girl, you can do it. We can do it. You don't need a blueprint. I was like, what? You know, and not, and like that, I asked the universe and I got that clarity from it. And it was just such a powerful, the way it was set up, the way, you know, we did releasing ceremonies, calling on like the Kalima energy. It was just so beautiful. And I truly felt like it was the initiation to fully cross into that threshold and embody what it's like to be an empowered woman in like my priestess, my queen energy, my mother energy figuratively and ready to birth this business because my healing and my work is a gift to the world and truly believing it and resonating in that. And it was like, after that, it's just, I got so many signs that I had to do it, that I would, that it's just, I couldn't even make it up all the little synchronicities that came into my life. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And so to me, it was, it's like, the more I say yes, the more I follow my true soul and what it wants, the more aligned and in flow my life is. That's just what happens when I'm not in flow. It means I'm not listening to myself. And I know that now because that's a signal for me. Well, this brings me goosebumps and a little bit emotional. You can't really see my eyes, but I had like a little Mm. (laughs) teary eye because it was so beautiful uh, to see your connection and the way that you communicate with the universe and with your soul. And yeah, when you ask for clarity, it comes, you know, it might not come in the way that you expect it to come, but it will come in, I th- I don't know, for me specifically, like my human design, I'm an emotional. So the mm. way it normally comes for me, it's like very in my emotion. So mm. it can come from like an external thing, but I really feel it, you know, and mm. you have to trust whatever arises. And I think it's, yeah, it's just really really beautiful this story and yeah so did you end up quitting 
or girl I did so last Wednesday I quit my job oh my god congratulations <laughs> so it's been like literally one week it's been one week and so I'm just transitioning out of it oh my god and, uh, I know it's so been- happy for you oh my god because last time that we talked okay so this is like news going on like live on the podcast like me receiving this news because last time that we talked on our oh my god oh my god um sorry been, like I'm really no, happy you, you've been with me on this journey like because I was part of that group for so long not sure if I wanted to like yeah over and literally the first conversation that we had for the podcast you were like uh, talking about corporate America and you said like I'm still yeah. on it you know and oh my god I'm know, so excited for you honestly <laughs> no 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 really congratulations because I Thank know you. how freaking challenging it is to follow that and to go like to feel the fear and still go with the fear you know and say oh it like god. I'll feel the fear and I'll still go through it because I trust and even like what I always say like when I took the leap to uh, go from Brazil to Portugal I bought my own wow. uh, my one-way plane ticket um didn't I wasn't making nearly minimum amount of salary in Portugal didn't know how I was going to support myself didn't know where I was going to live after three weeks of staying in my friend's couch but I still had this like knowing that I had to do it you know and I mm. and I and I thought to myself like if I'm gonna teach intuition if I'm gonna talk about intuition if I'm gonna talk about following your inner wisdom your inner guidance and I'm here sitting back in my room like yeah follow your <laughs> inner guidance I've been receiving this guidance to go to Portugal but I'm ignoring it because I was fucking f- afraid of it um first that's really hypocritical <laughs> not helpful of me and not living to my truth and second something that I remember I told my mom was that like if I go and I don't have any more money something happens like something horrible happens and I become homeless yeah. or something whatever yeah. I know that I can always go back to Brazil I can find a job there I can live with someone whatever the point is that I wouldn't I will never know what happens if I don't mm. try so at least if I come back with nothing in my hand just a tiny like in Portuguese we have the thing like just um my hands and like a scarf If I just come back with my bare hands, (laughs) at least I gave it all my all and I trusted Mm. something that was inside of me. And that for me is way more valuable and something that makes me way more proud of myself Mm -hmm. than sitting back, building like a big amount of cash under my butt and just like sitting there (laughs) waiting for something to happen instead of trusting the inner voice that I hear from me. So for me, like it always makes me really proud of people that really take the leap and be and they're like i'm gonna follow this if and if in if no one believes in it i am going to believe in this because you are the only person that has to believe in it you know so i think it's so so exciting it's so yeah. exciting i'm so happy for you i have no oh idea and i really i want you to feel my celebration oh for you. no i do it's like bringing me tears <laughs> because you absolutely got it you know what it felt like. And if anyone out there who has a calling, like their soul's vacation, their dharma, their true purpose in life, and nobody fucking believes you, you have to have unwavering faith and know if it's in your heart that that's truly of your heart of hearts, like that you want, you have to go for it. And like, I would, I felt like I was being ushered into this and I was ready for it. And it was so beautiful because when I was at the retreat, 
this woman was pregnant there and they were doing a ceremony for her, initiating her into what it is to be a leader, to be a mother. And the stuff mm. that they were saying to her, the the beauty, the blessings of you can do this, you were meant to do this, you were born to do this, you know what to do. I felt like that was a message for me. And it was crazy because I had this idea of wanting to quit my job and I was supposed to do it in July of 2022, but it's like nine months to the date. And it was like me being ready as nine months as a baby, like, okay, I'm ready to birth this and go through all of like the stuff that happens of like, people are going to tell you it's not going to work out. They're going to think you're crazy. I mean, I've had people be like, well, don't you know the macro economy situation of like, hello, recession tech, who's going to pay for you if they don't have any money. And it's like learning, like you said, to have the fear and walk through it and do it anyway. And having that trust and that faith and surrender and knowing that it's like the law of divine compensation. If you are truly following your soul's purpose, how can you not be divinely compensated for that by the universe tenfold abundance, you know? And I knew that I'm in a very privileged position where I don't have kids right now. I can take these risks. I only have to worry about myself. And so if I did not do this, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And I want to be able to show my kids that, hey, if you want to pursue something, if you have a dream, you can fucking do it. Don't listen to what other people say. Listen to yourself. And like you said, you can't just be sitting on a microphone in Brazil, like follow your heart, follow your dreams. <laughs> If you're not doing it. And so for me to be able to say to people, connect to your inner truth, when I'm like sitting in a corporate job and not connecting to my inner truth, I just had a freaking wake up call. I was like, I can't be doing this. Like I need to do it. I need to walk through my own fear. And so it's scary, but I'm just like, all right, I'm writing off of like, you know, just trusting. And like, even yesterday I had this self-love woman circle. Nobody signed up till last minute. And I was like, I'm just going to keep on selling telling my offers, even if no one signs up, whatever, you know, but people did last minute. And so it's just the trust, the faith muscle that just comes with it. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to say something, because I think that when you do decide to trust and when you follow your inner truth and your inner guidance, your inner wisdom, whatever it's called, I think that there's a lot of uh, messages out there that is like it's instantly going to be easy it's instantly going to go downstream oh and things God. like that and I really want to like have this discussion and bring up this in conversation that it doesn't mean that like you jumped off a huge cliff and quit and instantly like you're going to be booked out like it could happen like for sure but um i think that for a lot of people that doesn't happen and then there's this one person like saying that it happened to them or something and then you instantly feel wrong about it like when i for example like when i when i jumped off the huge cliff and, and left brazil I was hoping like this, I'm going to become extremely magnetic because I walked <laughs> through this huge fear, you know, and the fear, walking through fear is what be- uh, makes you magnetic and these things that we like know. And it's true. And it did make me magnetic in like a certain aspect of my life because yeah. um, the universe kept showing up for me and like this magical like circumstances kept happening to make me feel supported. But it wasn't like this 
huge oceanic abundance of like yeah. so much money being booked out or whatever. <laughs> it was like, okay, this is what you need for next month. You know, like this is what you need for yes. rent. Like this is exactly what you need. And not saying that that's not abundant or oceanic, but I think that there is this huge uh, spiritual message that we feel like um, either one, like you are not supposed to take action. So you are like, once you put yourself in alignment through to the day, and then you're just like waiting for the thing to appear. And yeah. I am saying that not like, because I was that person. Like, I'm not saying that because someone else, I think yeah. someone else is doing that because I was that person. And also understanding that being in your path and in your inner true path will take um, tests, will take mm -hmm. like challenges, it will come with its challenges, like will come with its own level of unblocking. Because once mm -hmm. you do decide to do it, the universe will be like, okay, let's see it, you know, yes. um, not because it hates you, but because it's part of the growth as well. You know, like when we were right. saying about my whole purpose in life, it's for us to go through these challenges to expand and expand and expand. And each time we expand, we get in closer alignment to our soul and to our soul's purpose and our mm -hmm. soul's identity, quote unquote. So I really um, think it's important to, to say that as well, because... Um, I think that we had like this spiritual moment that a lot of people were talking about, like law of attraction, vibrate yes. high, blah, blah, blah. Say the positive affirmations. You don't have yes. to take massive action, whatever. And now I think people are like talking about how action is necessary because we are we are in the present reality. You know, I can't I can't say like I want uh, a number one podcast and then not record the podcast, you know? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Like, wait for someone to knock on my door and say, hi, we have a one, one number one podcast. Do you want to host it? Like, maybe it could happen like this, but, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's so, there's so many things and I think it, it ties back to the, like, inner, to the self-trust, the self-love yeah. and then the purpose behind all of them and how they all interplay together and how you have to keep choosing yourself and mm -hmm. choosing to love yourself in your vocation uh, within those actions, even if things don't develop in the way that you thought they should. Totally, totally. And I love that because I will say, this is really funny. I was really naive. I thought that anyone that showed up on Instagram or social media, they already had clients. I didn't know that it meant that they might not. And so <laughs> I, they were marketing themselves pretty good. Like people. Oh are, yeah. Right. Like I just, I had no clue. And so I thought, Oh, all I have to do is just go on Instagram and talk about my offerings. And then I'll have like 20,000 DMS about people wanting to work for me. And then when that didn't happen, I said, well, all these coaches lied to me. <laughs> like, I, just, I was lying to. <laughs> I literally, it was like, talk about humility. I was like, what do you mean? You can't just show up. And then all of a sudden you get like, I have to, what is this? No like and trust. Like, you know, and it was just so, it was so freaking hilarious. And so now I know I'm like, oh, okay. That. It is a journey just because you're stepping up in like one way. It's like all those little tests and those little unblockings that you were talking about that you have to do. And they're like micro ones to help you get to that next level. It's like playing a video game um, and figuring out what is next. What do you have to unblock? And so just kind of 
like honing in on that and trusting yourself in that process and knowing that it is going to be okay. And so right now at this stage of my business, I am working with clients, but it's also as I step bigger into this role, learning how to hold bigger containers and have that capacity to do that. If I want to impact more people, what are the, what are the blocks that are coming up for me? And then also just, you know, just showing more of myself, being more and like stepping more into wanting to be seen. And then knowing that I need to build my failure tolerance. And then knowing that the niche of who I help is going to change. Like I've changed it so many times and that's okay. And it's just an organic process and learning to commune with how I do with the divinity of like what feels right for me and how can I help serve the world in this capacity. And there's also something else that we were talking about uh, Mm -hmm. right before press and record that I think it's the self-acceptance with Mm -hmm. your business and your entrepreneurship um, journey and the acceptance of either like not knowing (laughs) what you're doing or not having the perfect answer so what you were talking about like the elevator pitch quote unquote like yeah you internally know how you can help people and you see it but you don't know how to put it in words and how do you accept that yeah and I was very frustrated for the last couple of days because I just didn't know how to say it you know people wanted to know more about anxious attachment and I was like no I don't do that right like <laughs> I'm not a relation I'm not a couple's relationship coach if you want that go to a different person go to couples therapy like relationship to self because that is the bridge to everything like we've been talking about. And so recently what came to me literally yesterday, literally yesterday, I was just pulling cards. I was thinking about archetypes and it's helping accomplished women who are millennials move from their maiden stage into their mother stage figuratively or getting ready for that. So maybe you had the toxic relationships in your twenties. Maybe you were a people pleaser. Maybe you did all the accomplishments because you thought it was right to do. And so now you're starting to question everything. So it's sort of like what I talked about that quarter life crisis of like, okay, I want to really define like, and I want to put more time and energy into what's more fulfilling to me and this spiritual personal development side and looking at what that means and having someone help me walk through that and helping define like, who do I want to call in? What kind of life do I want? What does success truly mean to me? Is the work that I'm doing my soul vacation? If it's not, then what can I do to pivot? And so I, and like really tuning in and, and, and learning to be your own mother and be your own lover. So that's like what I am being really called to, to help with. I love that. And also understanding that it's not because Maybe that's really poor business advice, but it's not because <laughs> there's this whole concept of elevator pitch that you have to fit into the 30 seconds. Maybe the way right. that you are going to communicate with clients and really get people to understand what you do will be through a longer period of time. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong or that you should mm-hmm. squeeze your words to fit a 30 second. Like if you're so really feels like you need to, then go for it. But if you feel constricted by it, maybe this moment is not mm-hmm. the perfect moment for you to do that. But maybe in and it doesn't mean that like in one week you won't get to the like perfect oh my God, this is it. Like this is you know the sentence. This is the 30 second whatever yeah. sentence that 
encompasses everything, but it means that you allow yourself space to mm-hmm. show up in the world as who you are right now. And I think that yes. this is honestly one of the biggest acts of self-love. It's just accepting who you are and the things that you're doing now, knowing that you can change, knowing that you can evolve. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't evolve well, like you can, but the most aligned way, in my opinion, for you to evolve and to transform and to change is from a place of love, not from a right. place of you are bad, read this book to change it's like (laughs) i love you and i know that we can be so much better and i know Mm -hmm. that we can transform and achieve this amazing thing so let's read this book you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and bringing it back of like acceptance for where you are right now and not wanting to be in another place like that to me what I'm learning even more and more of like anchoring into my body, being present, not wanting to dissociate, not trying to find things to like distract me. What does it mean to enjoy and relish in the present moment? Because mm-hmm. there will not be another moment like this in time or space. And it's a gift. So, yeah. And also how much we, yeah. Cause each moment they also bring us the lessons, the learnings, the expansion mm-hmm. and I'm sure that in one year, everything that you're learning now will help you support and sustain energetically, emotionally, physically, the business that you will create in mm-hmm. the future and that you are creating, actually. So yeah. everything is is needed and the, the acceptance is so, so, in, yeah, it's like, I think it also connects to like everything that we've been saying. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, this is so much fun. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I know. Maybe one of the last questions that I yeah. have for you is how do you think that self-love, because we've been talking so much about self-love and self-trust, how do you mm-hmm. feel like self-love and with the theme of this podcast, which is authenticity, how do you feel like self-love relates or connects with authenticity and your authentic way of living? Oh my gosh. It's like The basis to me of self-love is self-acceptance, meeting yourself where you are, like what we were just talking about, learning to love all parts of you, all different sides of you, not trying to hide from certain things like shadow work or like the icky things that you don't want to share people because you're afraid they might reject you because you rejected in yourself. And so learning to kind of lean into it and own it. And love yourself holistically, the duality. And it's interesting because in Vedic astrology, I'm actually double Gemini. So like sun and rising. Mm-hmm. And an astrologer told me, Gemini is sign of the twins. And so, you know, when you think about it and imagery and meaning to it, to me, it's learning to see that there are no differences, that it's all the same that you have water. If it's really, really hot, it can burn you. If it's really, really cold, it can burn you, but it's the same. And so how do you love all parts of you? And so those parts of you create your authenticity, create your truth. And so to me, that's how they truly are integrated. Everything, who you are, how you show up in the world, you know, Do you love yourself enough to say your truth? Do you love yourself enough to live in your truth? 
And that is authentic living. What is true to you? What is right for you? And that is the ultimate act of self-love. When you learn to listen to yourself, when you, when you learn to honor yourself and you learn not to repress yourself. And so that's how I see both of them related. I love that. I love that. And it's so true. Like when you love and accept yourself, you allow your, who you truly are, like your true Mm -hmm. self to come forth. So you do not um, like lapidating anything Mm -hmm. from you. Like you're not concealing, actually, that's the word. Like you're not concealing any version, like any side of yourself because you love yourself, because you accept yourself. And then Mm -hmm. you show up in this authentic way and i think that one thing that kept keeps coming back to me that a week i think we kind of like left it loose because we really didn't have an answer for that (laughs) but uh like uh, taking it taking back like the um, the whole discussion with like is it a boundary thing or Mm -hmm. is it like a mirror trigger thing and i think that the moment you love yourself the moment you receive your entirety and you're like okay this is who i am you recognize that there might be shadow work to do on that so this might be a trigger and this might Mm -hmm. be a mirror and then i go and allow myself to do that and then i after that, then might recognize that this is a boundary. This person doesn't have a space in my life. And because I love myself, I choose to look at the triggers and look, to look at this as a mirror. But also because I love myself, I choose to set a boundary. So I think it's like, it's not one or the other. It's like everything all together. And once you mm-hmm. love yourself, once you trust yourself, once you accept yourself, you are, instead of like looking it at yourself, through like one small spectrum you look at everything and yeah then you show up in this authentic way that allows you to see life like way more in a broad way than just like mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. size fits yeah all. yeah and I'm gonna say one more thing on that and because you are doing the work for yourself you do the work for others you bring that self-acceptance and you radiate it towards others and you accept them And so you start to realize, oh, they have a shadow side too. How can I accept more of that in them as well as I do on my own? Because I've done the work too. And then you give people permission to live and radiate in their authenticity. And so when we do this spiritual work, it's not for our own ego. Sure, it helps us in the long run, but the byproduct, the icing on the cake is that other people see you as a model and they realize they can do it too. And that's why I love the work that you do. And that's why I got so excited as well for you. And that's why I'm celebrating you so much because (laughs) it's because of people like you that decide to step into their authenticity that other people also feel the permission slip to to step into their authenticity. Yes. It's like paying it forward, right? Because I've had other people tell me when I told them, they said, oh, wow, I wish I could do that. Right. But it's like, what makes you think you can't? And it's just the fears and that's their own blocks and that's okay. But it's important that we step into our purpose. It's important that we show people and share our gifts because they need that just as much as we do. So. Exactly. And before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about your offers, how people can find you, how people can work with you. You're so, I love 
your wisdom. Of so please. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So my website is lisamaycoaching.com. I have one-on-one coaching offerings. I'm going to figure, well, now that I'm going to have time off, I'm going to, you know, figure out what does group (laughs) coaching look like? Um, I also have self-love women's circles. So that happens every season. Yesterday was spring equinox. The next one will be summer solstice in June. Um, And so, you know, if you want to get in touch for any of one-on-one coaching, just sign up uh, for my newsletter on my website. And then you can also find me on social. So I'm on Instagram, Lisa May Coaching, and then also on TikTok, Lisa May Coaching. So sure, we're going to put it all in the show notes. But um, if you sign up for my newsletter, you do get an inner child worksheet. So if you want to connect to your inner child, there's a free um, PDF for you. Amazing, amazing. No, for sure, we'll put everything on the show notes for sure. And is there anything else, like less words that your intuition, your soul, your inner self-love part wants to share with us? Uh, Yeah, just find little snippets every day to connect to yourself. Just find quiet moments. You know, if, if someone doesn't have this practice, it doesn't have to be this big ritual around it. It can just be something so small as taking a deep breath in and out and connecting to your body. And so, you know, we talked a lot about like self-love and we shared about these wisdoms, but you can do it in a way that feels right to you because ultimately it's just about starting that connection and connecting to what feels right to you in that moment. So, (sighs) thank you so, so, so much for your presence. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode and that you had as much fun and got as much inspiration as I did from talking to Lisa. Make sure to share this episode with someone that might be needing some guidance on how to connect to this self-love and self-trust and make sure to also leave a review on the podcast so we can also support other people on their journey to flow inwards and start trusting and living through their inner wisdom and their inner guidance. If you want to connect with me or Lisa, make sure to check out the links on the show notes and I hope you create a beautiful and authentic day and we'll see each other next week. Bye!